you're listening to the Omega Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe to this channel to stay up to date with our latest teachings and feel free to reach out to us via our Facebook page or website. As you listen to this message, we pray God will reveal himself to you in a fresh way. Cool. So I would like to begin with a testimony and and a, a part of truth that we can learn from that. My friend's name is Mutunji Sivela. He lives in Zimbabwe. And uh, I had a chance to talk to him last week. He told me a couple of things. Um, he said, uh, they're always on uh, lockdown. They don't know, they don't remember how long they've been on lockdown, basically. And um, more than a year ago, uh, when the first round of COVID was going down, he took time to fast and pray for 21 days, one meal a day. And then during that time, the Lord said to him, this COVID-19 will come, COVID will come back again. And, uh, but as for you and your church members, or whoever you, are, you communicate, let them know that they must have communion once a week and claim protection and deliverance from COVID-19 and they will not get COVID-19. So he passed on this message to all his friends and relatives and the church members. They were not able to meet at the church. So everybody was having communion at their own home once a week. And uh, he also shared this knowledge with his relatives, his wife's sister, who was working in a, a factory. Everybody got COVID except her because she was partaking in the communion once a week. And there was another lady in the church who was HIV positive. A clear case of uh, HIV positive case. And she was having communion to protect herself uh, from COVID-19 and different things. And recently when she went for a checkup, the doctors found that there's no HIV in her blood anymore, no virus load anymore. And they even encouraged her saying, if you want to have a child, go ahead because you are free from the HIV. Now, this teaching is not totally new to me. The Lord has spoken to me a few times about the importance of communion. And uh, I'm a strong believer in having communion and uh, praying for difficult situations to change. And they do change because there is power in the communion. You must be asking me, am I going backwards in time? No, I am not. This has been from the beginning. It is the truth. And, um, and Jesus himself instituted the communion. And uh, the power of the communion is unlocked by certain people in uh, during the church history. And uh, when the Lord spoke to me personally also, it, it was a revelation to me. Before it was just like you take eat a piece of bread and take a little bit of juice and celebrate and say, oh God, I thank you for dying for me, you know. But when the Lord spoke to me, how to fight uh, the spiritual battle using the communion, it was a revelation to me. We will talk about another day. But having communion is the way. Because today you have got COVID-19. Tomorrow something new will come. What are we going to do? Before they find a solution, it takes an, a year or so or more. And before it comes down to the common man, it will be longer. And there will be devastation and deaths happening all over the world again. So the best way is 
have com- fellowship with the Lord and have communion. And when you have communion, what happens is you are not just eating a piece of bread and drinking a little bit of juice, but you are partaking in the body and the bread of Christ. Deceased has to be done by faith. When you receive it by faith as the body and the bread of Christ, it is to you body and the bread of Christ, and it will deliver you, it will save you. In fact, I even have another testimony where a man was struggling to find a job, and he had, he began to have communion um, every day. And after two months, he got offered two jobs, not just one, two jobs, and he had to choose between one. Um, he had to choose one and leave the other. And after he chose that job, within two weeks, he was promoted as well. So what I'm trying to say is, it's not just a ritual. It's not just something you do once in a month or whenever you feel like. It's not something like that. It's something you have to look forward to because you are, you are becoming one with Christ when you partake in the communion. So at the end of the sermon, we are going to have communion. So keep ready a piece of biscuit or whatever you have that you can eat edible thing. And then if you have juice, that is fine. If you don't have, have some water, what matters is partaking in those things by faith, by faith. I stress it by faith. Because um, one, of the, one time I even asked the Lord, God, there are so many theories floating around about the <laughs> communion. Some people say it becomes really body and really blood. And some people say just symbols. And someone says different things. What do you say? And as I was waiting in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly. Martin Luther is the closest. That means he's not 100% right. He's the closest. So I didn't know what he taught. So I went on Google and looked up what he taught. When you have, in, in, the, in the church context, when you have some bread left over and some juice left over, it does, it is your, when you don't use it, you just throw away, let us say. It is not you're throwing away the body of Christ. You're not throwing away the bread of Christ. It is at the point of partaking by faith. When you put it in your mouth, until then it is a piece of bread. But when you take it by faith, you're partaking in the body of Christ. And when you drink it, it is partaking in the bread of Christ. And that is the most powerful experience you can have that is subject to your own faith. If you think it's just a piece of bread, it will do you no good, nothing. But if you think it is a body of Christ, it is going to do something. It is going to protect you from uh, every scheme of the enemy. Whatever the enemy brings against you, this is one of the ways, one of the means of grace God has provided so that we can overcome the enemy and be set free from every plan of the enemy. So you know what to do now. Whatever is your problem, whatever is your problem, you think I'm not able to overcome. I'm not able to withstand this force of the enemy. Begin to have communion regularly and you will see that the enemy will flee from you. He will not bother you anymore. So let's look forward to partaking in the communion at the end of the message. Now, this week we are going to study Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. What is Paul trying to say in this scripture portion? Paul is trying to explain that it is not necessary to be legalist to live a Christian life. Who are the legalists? Legalists are who have set up set rules and regulations. Everything is determined by some rules. For them to do something, they must have a rule. Is that the way to live life? you will be more miserable following rules upon rules upon rules. 
But that's what happened in the in back in the first century when there were uh, Pharisees were there. They had rules for everything: rules for washing the hand, rules for eating the food, rules for washing the feet when they come back, rules for everything. When you um, uh, attend a funeral, everything they had rules, and they made the rules. They put them above God Himself. Even the law was secondary compared to their own rules. They gave more importance to their own rules than uh, the Word of God. So that is the why they are called the legalists. So legalism versus living by faith. What's the difference? So here in verse one, he talks about. Let me read for you from the NIV. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. Now the context here is you got a young boy um, in, in the in their culture, the Paul's culture at that time, and then the father appoints somebody who is a slave to take care of the young child. to take him to school bring him back home and uh, to supervise him to protect him all the time now the young child he may own the whole estate but he will not be able to use it because there is somebody who keeps an eye upon him and he will not be able to operate until the set time by the father father will set a time usually the jewish people had a year 13 the 13th 13th birthday they think the child becomes an adult and the greeks thought it's about 18 years of age then a child becomes adult but then the roman culture they thought 14 years is the age when a child becomes adult an adult until then child may have own lot of property because his father is rich but he cannot benefit he cannot use it he cannot have access to it fully therefore child is no better than a slave slave also is owned by a master and here the where the child is uh, controlled by a slave again uh, a slave so they are no better both he may have property he may not have property but both are cannot use any of it so they are no different although he owns the whole estate no difference is between the child and the slave and living by faith is like grown up sons ready to receive inheritance that is in verse 5 i'll read that for you as well to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons full rights of sons so that is what happens in christ by our faith in christ you, you we receive full rights of sons and then in the case of legalism you are subject to guardians and trustees until a set time so this he refers to the function of the law what is the function of moses uh, the law laws given by god through moses to israelites uh, the 10 commandments and the rest of the book the first five books is called the torah what is its role its role is to function like the slave who controls a child until a set time and that set time is until the time christ comes so when christ comes you don't need those rules anymore you are being set free from it you will not be accepted as a child of god because you follow rules you will be accepted a child of god because you believe in jesus christ and the work he has done for you upon the cross then in in case of the believer who is living by faith you can operate as a son immediately 
what I, what do I mean by it? The moment you became a child of God, you are accepted not only, not only you became a child of God by being born again, but you became a son or a daughter in his kingdom. And that means you are able to operate as a son, as a grown-up adult son, you can function. And that is the privilege of being in Christ. That means you will not be controlled by the law anymore. You will be fulfilling the law and you will do more than what the law requires. But you are operating as a son, not as a slave. Slavery under basic principles of the world. So what are the basic principles of the world? Basically, uh, this particular word is connected with um, something like, you know, before you can learn to read and write, you need to know the alphabets, A, B, C. So the ABC is important. Unless you learn the alphabets, you will not learn to read and write. But Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega, the first letter and the last letter of Greek alphabet. That is, Jesus. he claimed that he's the first letter and the last letter. That he's the first and the last. So when you come under the, come in Christ, then you have everything you need to know. You don't have only A, B, C, 3 or D, E, F. But you will have everything from Alpha, A to Z. You know everything. So that is the position that you enter into in Christ. So uh, subject to guardians until this time, slavery under basic principles of the world. Basic principles are, these are the basic principles like ABCs of life. And um, verse 6 talks about how a son operates. Chapter 4, verse 6. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So this is the, because we are sons, God sent the spirit of his son, Jesus Christ, into us, the Holy Spirit. So that we will be able to call God the Father, Abba, Father. Now what exactly Abba is like, uh, our English equivalent to Daddy. And... Um, those of us uh, who are from India and who know a little bit of Urdu and other languages, you know, it's pretty close to Arabic. They also call their father Abba. So Abba is a very, it's not trying to be little father. It talks about intimacy. You call your father daddy. When you call him daddy, dad, it is about intimacy, not about distance. It is about a privilege of having access to daddy not being alienated from daddy, as being far away from daddy. So it is about enjoying the protection of the father. It's about enjoying the provision of the father. It's about enjoying the love of the father. So these things are the one that motivate to call him father, Abba, daddy. So it is not to make God too familiar. No, that's not the purpose. It is to give you confidence to come to this father, confidence to trust in this father, confidence to enjoy his love, Enjoy his protection, enjoy his provision, enjoy fellowship with him. That's the purpose. A slave cannot have all these benefits. A slave is a slave. He only can take orders and do what the master tells him. But a son has got a better position than a slave. Slave, a child is under supervision. But a son is not a slave. Son, but a son since he's a son, he's also an heir. Now, when you, when you say that's in verse 7, I'll read that again for you. Verse 7. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. 
Now, these are important truths. They're very important truths. Why do I say that? This will change the way you think about yourself. If somebody asks you, who are you? Are you able to say, I'm an heir to God, Son, Jesus Christ. I am on par with the Son, Jesus Christ. Because we are, we have become not only sons, but become heirs. That means whatever Jesus possessed, possesses from the Father is also yours. Whatever Jesus possesses from the Father is also yours. He shares everything with you. You are co-heirs with Christ. Elsewhere, Paul writes. So you are co-heirs with Christ. Now, that's a great responsibility. It's a great privilege. I tell you, if our eyes are not open to this truth, we should spend some time to think about it until it seeps into us, until it enters into our spirit, into our soul. Because this is the truth that is going to set you free. This is a truth that is going to make you completely free, not only to enjoy life, but to operate in authority. To operate in authority, it will help you. John, when he writes his episode, first episode, he says, as he was in the world, so are you in this world. Whatever Jesus was on the face of the earth when he walked on earth, you are like Jesus because you are an heir, because you are a son. And that means as Christ walked in authority over sickness, as Christ walked in authority over disease, as he walked in, in authority over demons, that is how you have to walk. That is how you have to walk. And I tell you, to be an heir is a great responsibility. You will not be entangled with small I mean, uh, things of the flesh anymore because you know your calling, you know your position, you know your authority, you know what God is putting on your shoulders. You cannot play with sin anymore because you know who you are, an heir of God. All that God possesses is yours. So what is the difference between, uh, I mean, uh, a son who is adopted and what is the difference between a son who is born uh, into the family? So uh, usually the word adoption is quite commonly, you, you will hear it being used in the Christian circles in the church. So what, what is an adoption? And what is it to be born again or what is it to be regenerated? In the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus, Nicodemus, when he came to him in the middle of the night, he tells him in verse 3 of chapter 3 of John, he says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This is the only way to be born into God's family. That means you need to have, you need to repent about your sin. You need to believe in the son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was sent by the father and believe that he died for you upon the cross, that he was lifted up upon the, on the, on the cross for you. And he was buried. He rose again from the dead. And when you believe him, receive him as Lord of your life, then you are being regenerated. That means you are being born into the family. There's no other way you can become a child of God except by being regenerated, repenting of your sins and believing in Jesus Christ. That is all talked about in John chapter 3. But here Paul is introducing the concept of being adopted into the family of God. How is this different? Everybody needs to be born into the family. At the same time, when you are born into the family, not only you will not remain just a child forever, you, you are born again into the family means you are becoming a child, you are becoming a son. But there's a difference between a child and a son, which is lost in our English language because we don't distinguish too much difference between uh, the child and the son. 
But for the Roman people, it made a lot of sense. Why? Because somebody who does not have a child, he can adopt a child. And when the adoption happens, it's a long, tedious, difficult procedure that they had to go through. But after all the procedure is over, then they will be declaring that so-and-so is my son. And then if the man is very rich, he will just remove his ring, which is a sign of authority. And which ring he will use to attest any documents, that he ring he puts on the son's finger and says, you are my son today. You are my son today. That means he's not just a second-hand, a second-rate son, but he's a first-rate son, even though he's not born in the family. He is adopted into the family. And what Paul is trying to say is, when you are adopted into the God's family, you are being adopted as a full-grown, adult, mature son. You are not a child anymore. You can believe in Jesus two days ago and be operating as a son. But somebody can be born again and not be operating as a son for six years or 60 years. This, I want you to understand the difference between being born again and living like a son. You need to know the difference between living like a son and living like a child. So the word that you come, when you read in the Greek is the word napio, you know, that's the, that's the word we use. Uh, uh, nappy is coming from that one, you know? So it is like if there is a boy, when he's a child, when he's going to kindergarten, the mom will put a, a diaper, a nappy upon the boy. But let's say he's grown up, 10 year old or 20 year old, and you tell him, wear a nappy. <laughs> and you know, you know the irony of what I'm trying to say. Many Christians are nappy Christians because they do not know their adult grown sons and they're mature and then they need to be operating as a son, not as a child. And this is the revelation I tell you today. This is the revelation to our hearts. May the Holy Spirit help us to open our eyes to see that we are mature sons, not children, not just born again and remain as a child forever. No, we are being born into the family as a child through regeneration. But because we are being adopted as a son, we are being accepted as a grown up mature sons and daughters. We are no longer children. This is a truth will revolutionize the way we begin to live our life. When you have a problem, are you reacting to it as a child? Are you reacting to it as a son or a daughter? That will determine whether you are mature in Christ or you are still a babe. So that's what we need to uh, clarify things in our mind. And when orphans are the ones who are adopted into a family, somebody who is not born, somebody who is unconnected, and you bring them and make them children in your family, that's not, that's not the point here. The point here is, but not children of God, but one needs to be born into God's family. That is through regeneration. But when you're adopted, you're getting the sons for full rights of a son, full rights of a daughter. And that is what God wants you to enjoy and walk in it and live, live in it. Adoption means to be placed into a grown-up son or adult son, not little children but sons eligible to receive an inheritance. There is an inheritance. When you believe in Jesus, you are becoming, you are inheriting something. Paul talks about it in Ephesians chapter 1, that eyes of their heart may be opened, that they may know the riches of the inheritance in the saints. There is inheritance in the saints. There is inheritance in Christ. And you own all that. Whatever Christ owns, you own it. I tell you, that truth should open our eyes to 
who we are, how we are living, how we are living will determine whether we really believe in Jesus and we know that we have inheritance. And uh, a person may be 60 years old and just believed in Jesus Christ as Savior. He will be born again. He will be regenerated. But his condition spiritually is a babe. But as a son, he's able to draw on all his privileges from the father's possessions. If he knows that he's coming to know the Lord at the age of 60, he believes in Jesus at the age of 60. But if he knows that he's being adopted into his family as a son, he will begin to operate as a son, will not be a child. Even though spiritually he may have to grow more, he may have to read Bible, he may have to pray, he may have to know more about God, may spend more time in prayer and worship. These things are to help him to grow in the knowledge point of view. But as a, his condition, concerning his condition, he is a son. He can begin to operate using the inheritance that is his from day one. If you understand this, then you understand what the heart of the Bible is all about. That's very important. We can only enter God's family by regeneration, but we can enjoy God's family as a son. So are you enjoying you, your life as a son or a daughter of God? That's the question. If you are not able to enjoy as a son or a daughter, today you need to know or ask the Holy Spirit, open your eyes to see your position as a son or a daughter, not as a child who's born into the family of God. So if you understand this, your life will completely be changed. Galatians 4, 4 says, when the fullness of time came, but when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, there are three different phrases used there. One refers to, he was sent, God sent his son. That talks about his divine origin. Christ came from God. And when he comes from God, he will not be less than God. He is God. And then you see, he was born of a woman. That is human origin. He was man and God at the same time. Some people say he was 100% man, 100% God. Whether you, If you like that mathematical equation, well and good. Because that's this, it is very difficult to explain the incarnation of Christ. But that's one of those ways you can explain it. And it makes sense to me at least. And then born under the law. What does it mean? He was born in a Jewish family. And he was under the law of Moses. And he did not come to cancel the law, but to fulfill the law. In fact, in the discourse in, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, you'll see in somewhere he will say, I have come here to fulfill every dot and iota, not to leave out anything unfulfilled. So he was fulfilling the law, not only as much as required, but more than required, he, he was fulfilling the law through his life. For you and me, he obeyed the law. So when you believe in Jesus, that righteousness that comes by obe obedience to the law, which he achieved, which he earned, is being reckoned into your account, is being put into your account. So that is the great privilege when you believe in Jesus. His righteous, righteousness becomes your righteousness. And in this chapter 4, he talks about another concept called redeeming. Now the redeeming part, where is that? When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of woman, under the law, to redeem us. That is verse 4. To redeem those under the law, 
that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, redeeming has the concept again of uh, in the slave market of the first century. There are millions of people being sold and bought as slaves. You know, someone can buy a slave and set him free, not keep him as a slave in his home, just set him free as a free man. So what here he they are meaning is Jesus paid the price to set us free from slavery to sin, slavery to Satan, slavery to the elemental spirits, the ABCs of the world. From everything, he wants to set you free so that you can be a free man, adult, grown-up man. So that is the concept that here the Paul is talking about. You to set us free. Uh, he, so what's the difference between um, uh, this process of... Uh, uh, I mean, uh, after, the, after we are being redeemed, we are becoming the children of God, we have become sons of God, daughters of God. So there should be, uh, how do we differentiate between both these? Let's just say that to one side we have the, we talk about a child, the other side we, on the second column we talk about a son. You can become a child of God only by regeneration, but you can be a son of God by adoption. Jesus adopts you into the family. He grafts you into the vine so that you were not part of the vine before, but now you're being grafted into the vine so that all that belongs to the vine is also belonging to you. That fruit that's supposed to, the vine wants to bear, will bear through the branch, which is being grafted in. So that is what it means. Being adopted is like a branch being adopted, I mean, being placed into, or grafted into the vine. Entering the family. As a child, you enter the family. But as a son, you begin to enjoy the family, your rights as a son in the family. As a child, you are under the guardians, somebody to oversee, somebody to keep an eye on, to protect you, to bring you up, to set rules for you, to obey and reward your obedience, punish your disobedience, those kinds of things. But as a son, you are at liberty as an adult to willingly, joyfully submit yourself to God the Father and obey him with all your heart. A child, he may have, he may possess everything, but he cannot inherit anything at that until the time assigned for him, set for him by the father. Because in the Roman culture, even though they believe that at 14, he will become a full adult son, the father can decide, no, 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 my son, he will inherit only at the age of 16 or at the age of 18. So father set the time. The same way here, God has set a time and he sent his son Jesus to come into the world at the right time. Now, what is this right time? It's a complicated word, difficult word. But to uh, I'll just give you a little bit of understanding so that it will help you to uh, enhance our understanding of the grasp of the scripture. Um, before Christ came, back into the time of Alexander, he was the one who, in a very short time, he conquered large areas of land and many countries he conquered. And he imposed the Greek culture, Greek language upon all the people. So by, by his conquering the different countries, uh, different kingdoms, what he did was he unified many countries and put a language that is common in every country. Now that paved the way for the gospel to go to every nook and corner of the Roman world because Greek was spoken all over. If Jewish, if Christ came into the Jewish family and he becomes a savior and these things were not ready, then it will be very difficult for these Jewish people to go and reach out in a different culture of every country, every kingdom. 
But because of the common language brought in by Alexander, it was easier for the gospel to go everywhere. The same way the Romans came and Romans also conquered and were controlling a large area. So because of that, they were imposing the Roman culture. And because of that, it became easier for the gospel to travel as well. So sometimes we may think, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why is uh, um, why people are being put under subjection? Why the kingdoms are falling? Why the kingdoms are rising? But I tell you, something good will come out of every bad thing that happens because God is sovereign. God is sovereign. We may not understand right now why it is happening. But when you look back in the, in the future, when we look back again, then we see why God allowed what he allowed. That is called sovereignty of God. And we only can know things retrospectively. What do I mean by retrospectively? You don't have full understanding of the future right now. But as you walk into the future and look back, then the past makes sense more than it made sense when you are going through the problem. So that's how God operates. And I tell you, this is a great wisdom I learned in my life personally. And it is, it is um, liberating to know that you will understand in the future why you are going through what you are going through now, though you may not understand now. In the story of the prodigal son, in the story of the prodigal son, he, when he came back to his senses, he said, I will, I will rise up and go back to my father and tell him, don't call me your son. I'm not worthy to be called a son, but take me as one of your slaves. That is the mentality of many Christians today. We do not want to be accepted as sons. We don't feel worthy to be accepted as sons. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I don't want you to be a slave. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. I tell you, this is a very revolutionary concept. You come to Christ and you feel unworthy and you want to be like a slave. You want to say, I want to obey this. I want to obey that. I want to obey that. Paul says, don't subject yourself to obedience of different laws. They are never going to set you free. They are never going to make you a child of God. They are never going to make a son of God or a daughter of God. You have to receive it by faith. It is freely given by grace of God. Receive it as a gift from God the Father. And live like a free son, not like a slave. So, so many times like prodigal son, he, say, he says, don't, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Make me like a slave. Take me like a slave. But the father said, put a ring on his finger. And he gave him um, footwear. And then gave him new clothes. And he said, let us celebrate. If I mean, um, um, as a fattened calf to be slaughtered. And there was a party. Actually, this is the father's heart. When you want to come to him, he wants to give you the authority as a son or a daughter of God. He wants you to move in the authority of God. You are saying, no, 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 I want to be like a slave. But God says, no, no, my son, my daughter, I have paid the price. Dearly, I paid the price. I gave my own life for you upon the cross. Not to be a slave, but to be a son and a daughter to me. What is your reaction to this gospel? How would you like to live? How would you like to live? The son has the same nature as the father, but the servant does not. Son has the same nature as the father, but the servant does not have the nature of the father, master. The son has a father, but the servant has a master. So how do you want God to be to you? Do you want him to be a father to you, to love you, to pour out his love upon you, protection, 
all that he has he wants he wants to give you do you want him to behave like that or do you want god to be a master over you can give you commands do this do that do this do that don't do that do you want a father god father um, um, uh, god who is a father like that that's the question you have to answer a son obeys out of love while servant obeys out of fear so these are the difference between being a son or a slave the son is rich whatever belongs to the father belongs to him but servant is poor he will be a servant in the fa- in the master's house all his life he will never become rich he is always owned by the master he will be poor forever but if you are a son you do not have to be poor anymore because what belongs to the father belongs to you i'm not trying to te- uh, teach a prosperity gospel here if you are a child of god you will not be poor forever that's not what god's plan is if you are poor forever it doesn't bring glory to him how does it bring glory to you if my son is uh, wanting to go and beg and live on i mean begging people what will be how will i be happy about it but if he is and if he can know that he i have i mean he has a father and enjoys whatever is there the house that i have the money i have in the account and the bank account if he wants to enjoy it it is good there is joy in giving to the children and how much more the heavenly father will have the same kind of heart he has the same kind of heart i tell you there was a time i was poor but i am not a poor man anymore why god has blessed me and i have seen the gospel transform the lives of many people many people many people i tell you when i say many is uncountable number of people they were poor people they trusted in christ and their children when they they send their children to school and then after 10 years or 15 years the child gets a very good job and then the poverty is forgotten they are not poor anymore so every time i go to islam area i tell them don't look at what you have right now the poverty surrounding you look at christ who can bless you and your children and change the future 10 15 years you will not be the same everything is going to change because when you believe in christ he is going to bless you and he is going to bless your children because of your faith he will bless your children and the poverty will be forgotten it will be forgotten in 10 15 years of time i have seen it many times happen many times happen so if you are a child of god lack is not god's will for you because he is a rich god and when you have a rich god you cannot be poor and struggling with your finances all your life same way he has life to give you not sickness so you need to be a son to enjoy these benefits to operate in it to receive it to possess it and to give away to other people give riches to other people give health to other people as you pray for them and they are healed and you set people free by praying for them so if they are demonized you set them free by praying for them this is god's will for you that you begin to operate as a son not to live like a child or a slave that's not god's will son has a future but the servant doesn't have a future what do you want to do with this gospel what do you want to do with this god that's the question this morning if you if you come to him in faith and say lord i never lived like a son i never knew what it means to be a daughter but today i thank you because you're adopting me into your family 
as a grown-up adult son and daughter. And I want to function like a son. I want to function like a daughter. I want to move in the gifts of healing. I want to move in the gifts of deliverance. I want to move in preaching the word as it has to be taught. And here am I. I want to, uh, out of love, because of what you have done for me upon the cross, I yield myself to you. I surrender myself to you. Receive me. Oh God, you already have made me a son and made me a daughter. And I tell, help me to live like a son and a daughter. Adult, grown-up, sons and daughters. May the Lord bless this message. Now we will go into partaking in the communion. But before we go into partaking in the communion, I want to pray for a couple of people. Um, has somebody uh, been here who has pain in the left eye or headache in the right side? It could be my, uh, migraine or it could be just a headache in the right side of your head. Um, please put it in the chat uh, so that we can, we can know that I know to whom I am praying right now, for whom I am praying. Chat. Anybody who has a problem with the left eye or a problem in the right side of the head? That's okay. Um, we can catch up later as well. You can reach out to us and uh, I can pray for you individually as you reach out to me. And uh, we will now partake in the communion. Yeah. Hope you're having it handy piece of bread or a biscuit or anything that's edible and something that you can drink. Juice, grape juice or fruit juice or just water, anything you have. So I will read a scripture portion from Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Didn't understand what I was. Juggling things here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord, verse 23 onward. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I tell you, this is a very, very powerful story. Jesus turned an annual ritual of Passover into a commemoration experience for the Christians, and that too often, not once in a year. The Passover was celebrated only once in a year, but the communion has become a regular feature. Because he, do, do, he said, as often as you eat it. That means whenever you eat it, you are partaking the body and the blood of Christ. And as they were set free from slavery in Egypt and brought into, the, they started a journey into uh, towards the promised land. 
we are also on the journey into the promised land but the point is they took long time to arrive but in christ we have arrived already in christ we have arrived already the question is whether we are experiencing it or not that you can do now by faith and say lord i am your son you adopted me into your family and you are making me a grown up son and a grown up daughter and help me to receive the inheritance that is mine help me to enjoy the inheritance that is mine and lord all that belongs to christ belongs to me and lord i thank you for making me a son and a daughter and you can partake in it meaningfully and deliver me from covid 19 not only just covid 19 any health issue that you are suffering from a chronic disease keep taking part in the communion you can do it daily you can do it once in a week but don't neglect it and when you partake i tell you you are actually renewing the covenant that he made with his disciples he said i am making a new new covenant with you through my broken body and through my shed blood so the same covenant we are renewing every time we partake and that covenant is a powerful covenant he begins to fight for you he begins to provide for you he will be your healer he will be your everything whatever you need him to be he will be as you eat his body and drink his blood i tell you i cannot overstress it but this is the way in these end times we are on the end times in these end times whatever the enemy wants to bring against us or whatever things are going to happen bad things are going to happen the way you can be saved from every bad thing is by partaking the communion in his body and the blood as you partake may the lord bless you and protect you from covid 19 protect you from every calamity and deliver you from every situation you are going through and may the lord heal you because paul says some of you are sick because you do not distinguish that is the body of christ and the bread of christ so that's why you are sick that means what if you distinguish that you are partaking the body and the bread of christ and by faith you partake in it you can be healed so may the lord be your healer as you partake in the communion may the lord be your provider may the lord be your sustainer may the lord be your friend may the lord be your god lord and may the lord be your healer and everything that you ever need in life so we are going to pray for the body of I mean, the bread and the wine and then we will partake together father i thank you again for sending your son jesus christ into this world thank you for that mighty big sacrifice that he has done up on the cross laying down his life for us thank you jesus for allowing your body to be broken for us and shedding your precious blood for us in that sacrifice is salvation healing deliverance and every blessing so i pray as your children we thank you for your broken body shed blood as we partake in this piece of bread and this little juice we are partaking in your body and your blood as we partake in your body and bread help us to lord let your life flow into us we are sharing in your life and help us share that life of god in abundance in fullness to the glory of your name help us to live as sons not as child or a slave to the glory of your name as grown up adult sons inherit use him in enjoying the inheritance enjoying the family rights of belonging to the family of god to the glory of your name thank you again for your shed broken body and the shed blood in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen let's partake together
Shall we thank the Lord? Father, we thank you for the grace you have given us. Thank for your word that declares that we are your sons and daughters, not slaves or children. We thank you, Father. Oh, we worship you. We honor you. We bless your name. Magnify your name. Thanks for helping us to partake in your body and the blood. And deliver us from everything that the enemy wants to put upon us. Deliver us from COVID-19. Deliver us from unemployment. Deliver us, O oh God, Father, from uh, our, whatever we own being plundered by the enemy. Deliver us, O oh God, Father, from uh, let our children be blessed and let them, let them grow in you. Let them know you. And let them be blessed in every way, O oh God, Father. Let your blessing come, on, come upon us and our families to the glory of your name. And Lord, I put a bloodline around every member who is partaking in the communion, communion this time. I put a bloodline around them so the enemy cannot touch them. And the Holy Ghost fire to be wall around them. And Holy Ghost fire to be roof over them. And Holy Ghost fire to fill them to the glory of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for feeding us the body and the blood. We thank you for the blessing of our Father that comes by partaking in the body and the blood. Every blessing we claim right now to the glory of your name. Let our life bring glory to your name. When people look at us, let them say, these people are blessed because they believe in Jesus Christ. Let the, that testimony be true about each one of us, the glory of your name. Thank you again, O oh God, for the privilege you've given us to be sons and daughters in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.